Hey everyone, welcome to episode 56 of the Switch Focus podcast. I'm your host Andy Corrigan, no one's with me live at the moment, we had a bit of a situation with personal commitments and some emergencies, so we're all recording our bits separately, uh, but we wanted to still put a show out, so here we are. Me and Andrew are going to talk about Warframe, and Ginny's going to give us an update on a new game called Nari. So let's get right into it. Okay, so Warframe, I'm going to go first. I'll apologise in advance if, if both me and Andrew cover some similar ground. Uh, there are some key differences, though. I've only finished one of the sort of training quest lines. Uh, Andrew's a lot further into the game than me and has a better understanding of a lot of the systems, so mine's just going to be a very surface-level overview. Uh, now, Warframe is a, a free game, a free-to-play game, uh, and it's a very, very, very good one. First of all, it gets the, the main part right, the, the mechanics of it as a third-person shooter are really good fun. The controls are really tight. Uh, it's been described, and I've mentioned this before, as, as like a, a destiny but good, uh, and with the way it goes through similar rhythms, even if the minutiae of, of those rhythms are different, I, I would go along with that. I am having a very similar style experience to what I was having with Destiny. It's one of those sort of grindy shooters, sort of in the same vein as as Borderlands and, and, and Destiny, as I've previously mentioned, uh, and the sort of thing that you can expect from Anthem that's coming out next year. Uh, and it basically focuses on these these short missions uh, where you have to infiltrate a base or, or, or an area and you sort of fulfill these certain mission types which can be assassinations, they can be ones where you have to get in and steal something and you you basically play as this like space ninja pretty much. You you they come in three flavors. There's one with a sword and, and guns. There's one that can use magic and and that sort of thing. You, you've you've seen these tropes in in the likes of Destiny. Uh, and yeah, so the the main draw of it is its rhythm of of doing these missions, collecting loot while you're doing the missions, and then using that loot to to upgrade your character or mod the weapons or his equipment that he has, and as I mentioned before, I've only finished like the training quest line, which is called Vor's Prize. This is what basically gives you the the gist of what you need to know about Warframe, and it's it's a very dense game. And I found this to be a decent introduction, uh, and it limits you to to certain features until you've completed these missions in a row. I think it handled that pacing really really nicely. So far, I'm finding it hard to see where they restrict you for being a free player. Uh, now, I've played some AAA games, most notably from Ubisoft, where the first thing you see when you boot up the game after paying in Australia like 90 bucks in some cases, they just give you a big splash screen with here's our premium currency and you can buy this for s- some other stuff that you can't get if you just play with the base package, which always feels really gross. This is a free-to-play game and it does not advertise its premium currency to you at all. The only clue that I had that it even existed was just on the currency indicators in the top right. One for the in-game currency that you can earn pretty freely just by doing missions and then the premium currency. 
Now, having uh, a quick chat with Andrew, the, the premium currency is apparently very expensive in real world money compared to the likes of uh, Fort, uh, Fortnite or uh, Paladins, which are both great free-to-play games on the Switch. Uh, but then also I'm finding it hard, especially in these early stages, to see where it's restricting me from being a free player. Uh, and it's it's even leaving me to the point where it's like, I'm not sure where they make their money if they're not fully advertising this stuff. Even the premium currency seemingly can be earned in game by by selling your equipment, or they, they call it melting, I think. But yeah, I think this is my favourite free-to-play game on the Switch, which is is really something considering, you know, the, the, the popularity of Fallout and, and just how fun that is as a a short throwaway experience whenever you want it, uh, and something more team-based like Paladins. Uh, now, I can't talk for the multiplayer aspect, because I haven't really hit a point where I have to play in multiplayer. Uh, I had a brief discussion with Andrew. He says that uh, unless you, you're you a bit sadistic, you're probably going to want to jump in with randoms on some missions, there are stealth missions where you're probably going to not want to do that, which is, which is cool. I haven't encountered anything where something's been forced. I, I feel like I've been given a lot of freedom to approach a mission how I want, which, is, to be honest, I start off trying to do it stealthily and it always ends up to be very shooty. Once again, uh, this is another one of those games where it's been on other consoles before, like more powerful consoles. And obviously the Switch version does take a graphical hit in the port. However, it does look really great. I I have had no issues with it visually, apart from in cutscenes. There's been the odd texture flicker very briefly, and that's it. Otherwise, it's very detailed. You can see everything that's going on. It's not like Wolfenstein 2, where... Although I really enjoyed playing that on Switch, there was definitely like some distance blur. I'm I'm not really picking that up here, maybe just because all the action is is bang in front of me. But yeah, visually really appealing for the Switch. Art style is very similar to to Destiny. It's a very like dark and sci fi. Yeah, there's no there's no real character here. It kind of looks like your, your old stereotypical Unreal Engine spacey shooter so there should be no surprises there but texture wise fidelity i'm i'm pretty pretty happy with it i'm pretty surprised at how good it it looks of course it is actually the same uh company that ported wolfenstein and doom to the switch panic button and they they really seem to have a superb grasp on what the console is capable of and how they can just shrink these massive games down to fit on what is essentially a handheld console which <laughs> two years into the Switch's lifespan this sort of stuff should should stop surprising me but it, it never does especially when these games have been so popular on other platforms. In terms of how I'll go forward playing this I think it's the sort of thing I'm going to dip into from time to time just when I fancy playing a shooter without wanting the commitment to play through a campaign. It seems perfect for that sort of gameplay where you can just jump in, bang out a few missions, and then move on to something else. But equally, the the rhythm of it is compelling. So I can imagine a lot of people would, would come in with that mentality but play it for hours. And that's something you can do 
and you never get punished for not paying a cent. Anyway, let's hear what Andrew has to say about it. Hello, listeners. This is Andrew, and I'm going to talk about what I think about Warframe now. I've been playing it for the past week now, and I've pretty impressed with what I've played of it so far. This is, of course, brought to us by the developers at Panic Button, who have also brought us ports of Doom 2016, Wolfenstein 2, and Rocket League, and certainly they've impressed us thus far with what they are able to make the Switch do with software that normally runs on the PlayStation 4 or the Xbox but I think this is their most impressive game by far thus far. Uh, certainly Warframe doesn't have the graphical prowess of games like Doom and Wolfenstein, but it still is a game that is running on modern PC, it's running on PlayStation 4, and actually is a featured PS4 game, and it's running here on the Switch, and I still think it looks great. The only time that I really notice that the graphics are being compromised so that way they can run on the Switch is when the camera is moving, and when the camera is moving really fast, because there is a lot of motion blur when the game is doing that. But when the game is just facing forward and its enemies rushing at you, it all looks completely normal and natural. It's really impressive how well this game is running on the Switch. But as for the game itself, you play as a character called Ateno, who is a survivor of an ancient war who is awakened in the far future and is quickly embroiled in all the alien conflicts going on in our solar system at the time where humanity seems to be basically wiped out, at least humanity as we know it. I haven't seen anything in this game that resembles human culture or human civilizations. Each Tenno is equipped with a Warframe, which is where the title of the game comes from, which is basically a suit of powered armor that gives them all kinds of different abilities, and there are quite a few of these Warframe armors to find and unlock. At the outset, you're only offered your choice of three, but there are several dozen that you are able to find the parts for and assemble in the process of playing the game, as well as literally hundreds of different weapons. There are several dozen primary weapons, you know, your assault rifles and your shotguns, and then there are several dozen offhand weapons like pistols and kunai and other weapons like that, as well as your melee weapons, which come from swords to daggers to giant hammers. Basically, you are a giant robot space ninja, and it's it's a lot of fun. The game starts out where you've just been woken up from your cryopod by this evil Grenier guy who sticks a Star Wars-style restraining bolt on you, but you do manage to escape from him and get back to your own ship. And with the help of this character called the Lotus, who I haven't actually met yet, she's basically just a voice who sends you off to do missions and gives you status updates. She doesn't really seem to be much of a character so far. She guides you through the first quest chain across several locations on the planet Earth to get that restraining bolt removed. And once that's off, you're basically cut loose to go out and do whatever you want. 
every planet that you visit has several different locations that you can visit, and actually each location is really just determining what kind of mission you want to play, and again, there are over a dozen different mission types. There's like payload escorts, there's point defense, there's spy missions where you sneak into an enemy base and you hack a computer. Uh, there's a lot of variety here, and there's a lot of options for different styles of play. Like, for instance, the spy missions, I've found I mostly want to play them solo, because other players just want to rush through everything, and the spy missions, you really have to play them slowly, so that way you can hack the computers without getting locked out, because when you get locked out from hacking the computers poorly or from being detected by the security systems, you fail the mission. But then there are also the point defense missions where you want to play these missions with a group because they are basically impossible solo. You can do them solo. I've struggled through a few of them solo because I couldn't get a group going for them. But they are much less of a headache if you just do them with a group and actually Doing the King of the Hill style maps against the computer with a group of three other players is the most fun I've had with Warframe so far. Your progression through the game is determined by your mastery rating, where the more you level up your different Warframe suits and your weapons, the higher your mastery rating goes, and when it gets high enough, you can complete a test to go up a tier of the mastery rating system, and the more mastery ratings that you have, the more activities you unlock. Uh, at the start, you pretty much just have your storyline quests to do, and also some alerts, which are these special missions, which if you do them, you get a little bonus item on top of your usual credit reward, and these missions uh, can be pretty lucrative, so these are your best places to group up with people because there's always people going to these missions to do them. But as you get up in mastery ratings, you unlocked syndicates, which is basically a faction system where you align yourself with a faction, you wear their decal on your warframe, and you get reputation with them the more missions you do, and each of the factions has different rewards which you can buy from them, and they also are in competition with the other factions. So if I'm with one of the factions and they're at war with the other faction and I get too high of a rank with the faction I'm allied with, then the opposing faction will start sending hit squads into missions to attack me while I'm trying to tend to other things. And then there are also invasion missions where certain planets in the solar system will be attacked by one or the other faction and you can al align yourself with one or the other factions and they'll actually pay you with material goods for uh, helping them out with their little war on that planet at the time and also just so many other things. There is so much to do in this game. The higher your mastery rating gets, the more alerts you're given in different categories, to the point where I'm actually having a hard time focusing on progressing through the solar system and getting to the end of the quests, because I have so many alerts given to me at any one time which offer these pretty valuable and rare items and blueprints. Now, I've alluded to these things several times over the course of it, but this is the thing that's really drawing me into Warframe, is the crafting system. 
in the process of getting that restraining bolt removed from your Warframe at the beginning of the game, you do unlock the foundry on your ship, which is basically this super advanced 3D printer. If you can get all of the materials put together to create something and the blueprint that goes with it, then you can craft a Warframe or a weapon or a miscellaneous item which has a less game-changing but still valuable use on your foundry, and these items can take anywhere from a minute to 72 hours to complete. So you have to put a lot of work into it to get those things done, and I just, I'm super into this part of the game, because just even finding a weapon blueprint, it takes a lot of work to get all the resources put together to craft that weapon, which is why I need to stay on top of the alerts, because most of those rare resources are most easily gotten from those alerts, and weapons are pretty straightforward, you just need to get the materials put together for them, but making yourself new warframes, my goodness, this is involved. Uh, you have to find the blueprints for three parts of the different warframes, and all the materials to put those together, and then you also need to find the blueprint for the warframe itself. Each part of the warframe takes 12 hours to construct, and then once you have all those three parts put together, it takes another 72 hours, plus the blueprint for that warframe to actually build the thing. I have been playing this game for a week now. I have played it basically nonstop over the long Thanksgiving weekend that we in the U.S. just went through. I'm sure I played it for 30 plus hours. I still am nowhere near close to actually unlocking a new Warframe to play with. I'm still using the basic Excalibur unit. But just how much work it's making me go through so many systems of construction that I have to go through and just systems of interacting with these missions and unlocking new weapons and upgrading my mastery rating and allying myself with these different syndicates and then the PvP aspect of the game which has its own faction upgrades which I haven't even begun to interact with that. This is a really involved game with a lot of systems to interact with, which if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you know that I just really love those super involved systems with a lot of things to unlock and a lot of things to upgrade. I am kind of in love with this game right now, and I'm having a really hard time believing that it's free. This game is free. That is astonishing. This is yeah, I'm going to say it. This is the best shooter on the Switch right now, and it's free. That's amazing. Uh, there's no season pass to buy or anything like that like Fortnite has. There's just the Platinum. Now, I will say about the Platinum, it is super expensive compared to premium currency in other free-to-play games that I've played but it's also completely optional, and it's very low-key. The game not once pushes you towards buying Platinum. It's just there. You can use Platinum to rush the construction in the foundry, or you can just use it in the game's marketplace to buy the item you want outright, which are easily ignorable and actually, I think, kind of defeat the purpose of what makes me love the game, which are these series of unlocks and this system of construction. I don't want to pay real money to skip that stuff because that stuff is the stuff that's keeping me involved in Warframe. 
But what you can do platinum for is you do need it to upgrade your inventory, which is very limited at the start. You only have enough for a handful of weapons and and two slots for uh, your warframes, one for the one you have equipped and an extra one, which is really frustrating for me, you know, because as I said, I'm a collector. I like unlocking things and upgrading things and I don't want to lose them once I have them unlocked so if I do spend any money on this game on platinum it's going to be to get new inventory slots but there is a player marketplace in the game where if you are able to craft something rare you can sell it to another player for their platinum and use that to unlock extra inventory slots There is a codex in the game which keeps track of your progress on everything that you've unlocked, whether it's in your inventory or not, so I can make my peace with that. You know, I've unlocked this gun, and I got it to level 30, which is the highest level you can upgrade your items to. It puts a little laurel crown on that item in your codex. You can see, yes, I've had this item. Yes, I've used it. Yes, I've upgraded it all the way to the cap. You know, that's good enough for me, but ideally I would like to have a large enough inventory to just keep all the weapons and items and warframes and things that I've unlocked at any time so I can just switch to them if I want to or I can just show them off. But this system is good enough Really, if the developers came out with just a one-time fee, you know, like $20 to unlock the inventory cap so I can hold as much as I want, I would give them money for that immediately. But Platinum as it is right now is so expensive, and unlocking new inventory slots takes so much Platinum. I don't think I'm going to spend much real money on this game at all. You could get on me about that for loving this game so much and wanting to put so much time in this game and admiring it so much but then not wanting to give money to the developers and yeah that's fair but I'm just I'm not a person who wants to pay for premium currencies in a game if the Warframe developers came out with a paid version of this game you know 40 to 60 dollars I would happily pay that but just the idea of constantly giving a developer of a free-to-play game just money, you know, 10 to $20 every month for the foreseeable future, I just, I don't want to do that. It makes me feel like I'm hostage to the game where I have to keep playing it because I've paid money for it and I continue to pay money for it. It's just a sunk cost fallacy that I don't want to be caught in. So that is my main complaint about the game, is the the small inventory size and the price of platinum. But having said that, as I said, you can craft high-level items and trade it to other people for their platinum, but these items do take weeks to months each to make, and you're not going to get a lot of platinum return on it for it. So it's a... It's a bit of a double-edged sword there, both for the player and for the person buying it for you, from you, because you put a lot of time into crafting this item, and then they're paying way too much for Platinum to get these items, but those are the options available to you. If you're looking for a good cooperative multiplayer shooter on Switch and Fortnite's competitive aspects and its PvP aspects 
turned you off, then I think this might be the game that you're looking for. If you like crafting systems and unlock systems, this has probably the most elaborate crafting and unlock system on the Switch right now. This is an astonishing free-to-play game and an astonishing, (laughs) more astonishing work from Panic Button for the Switch. I highly recommend this game. Uh, As I said, over the Thanksgiving weekend, I played it for about 30 hours, probably 10 hours a day, I'm sure, probably more than that even, when the 10 days are up on my profile page, and it shows me how long I've actually been playing this. I'm probably going to go, uh, oh god, uh, but, <laughs> so I do need to take a bit of a break. I am getting a bit burned out on it. Don't play it for 30 hours in a single weekend like I did, and I think you'll be enjoying this even more than I have, but... Unless Super Smash Bros. turns out to be an absolute revelation for me, I think I'll be playing Warframe for quite some time to come. Right, so like Andy was saying, I have been playing Nairi, Tower of Shirin, and I've been playing Warframe, so I am probably a little bit of a different mind about Warframe compared to Andrew. He seems to have really, really been quite sold on it. And me, not so much. Um, However, I do note that Andrew and myself are still both playing this game, at least at this point of recording. And we have mentioned starting a Switch Focus clan. So please, if you are also playing this game, let us know. Come play with us. Essentially, Warframe, to me, plays like a clunkier Destiny. I play a lot of Destiny. Love me some Destiny 2. So actually coming into Warframe, my expectations weren't high. Which is fine. I am not expecting Warframe at all to run like Destiny 2. I am very realistic about my hardware expectations. But in terms of what Warframe offers, it just feels like a very pared down multiplayer shooting experience. It is very, very, very clearly of the same derivative stuff as Destiny. Not saying that Warframe is a ripoff of Destiny because that in itself is not original in the slightest, but it operates in a very similar way. You've got a variety of distinct classes that all have different role types and stuff like that, and essentially you pick uh, super mobile DPS, not so mobile DPS, and the guy that can take a couple of hits. So in Warframe, I'm currently playing super mobile DPS. Um, And while I am still confused about the general story and why I'm doing what I'm doing, I'm having a pretty good time just shooting things in the face. Which is really what a game like Warframe is is meant to really inspire in you, right? The desire to shoot things in the face with your mates. And it does that pretty well. I think it handles completely fine. I don't play many shooters on this console, so I was struggling a tiny, tiny bit with actually getting the aiming down pat, not because of any lagging in the reticle or any hardware issues. I just don't play a lot of shooters on the Switch, so for me it was like a climatization thing. But apart from that, it's good fun. It's good fun to shoot things. Um, it is a game, however, that I feel you can play solo up to a point. Um, there are missions in the game which I think have clearly been designed to be played with multiple people. Um, You can obviously take stuff on by yourself if you're brave slash very, very patient. But this is a game that benefits from chaos. Um, I think that when you're just playing it alone and you're really, really super hyper-focused on what you're doing, the game's flaws pop out. I feel like it doesn't run the smoothest on this console. 
I know it's also run on PC, and it's been out on PC for a while, but it doesn't run the smoothest on the Switch. Um, like I said earlier, the environments, while they look good, are just Switch quality environments. If you're used to playing shooters on the PC that are current gen, this will obviously be a huge visual downgrade. That is not a minus in itself, but it is apparent. And when you're playing by yourself and you're just managing your own stuff and you're dealing with enemies one by one, um, then this stuff will pop out to you during the experience. That being said, though, it is still good fun. I enjoy it. I would enjoy it more if I play with a bunch of people. Obviously, Andrew and I are in wildly different time zones, so that makes it difficult. But it is the kind of game like Destiny that I think benefits more from multiplayer experiences. I really, really enjoy what it does with the alerts. So you can actually, things will pop up when you're connected to, I guess, the internet. And there will be missions that you can do um, that will give you better gear and better stuff. And you can either do these missions or continue on with the story, which is pretty narratively thin, I would say. I think the game gives you a good spread of stuff to do. Like you're not just sort of grinding the main story or doing side quests or just being forced to do alerts. I think the fact that the game has all these things to keep you entertained is a good thing. Um, I have not found the OCE servers to be super populated, but that might also be a regional issue. I don't think many people are playing this game right now on the Switch, so that's probably why matchmaking is not super, super fun or easy. But that being said, it is a game that I think I'll pick up and play as I go. I cannot see myself committing huge amounts of time to it, huge amounts of time to it, even though it is fun in the short burst that I play it in. I just haven't got the will to live to grind another shooting game. That reminds me so much of D2 which has already broken my heart, my heart earlier this year. So that's where I'm at this moment with the, at the moment with this game. A lot of fun, like I said. Would be more fun if you are part of our Switch Focus clan, which I know Andrew will want to set up ASAP. But in terms of whether or not I can recommend this game, yeah, you know I can. If you haven't played many shooters on the Switch, you might, like I said, have a bit of a learning curve. But apart from that, it's fun. You know, it's very playable. It looks good, performs well on the hardware. And... It is a good game that makes me hopeful for the future of other games like this on the Switch. So, like how I feel about Arena of Valor, not a perfect game, but it bodes well that these kinds of games are available on the Switch and that they work fine and that multiplayer is possible. I am enjoying it. The other game that I played was Nairi Tower of Shirin. So this is a complete 180 genre-wise. Um, and this is definitely a visual novel point-and-click style game. So I would probably compare it most to Night in the Woods in terms of the storytelling component. So before anyone jumps to me, um, I know lots of you love Night in the Woods. This game looks tonally different. It is completely tonally different. Okay, let's just get that straight right now. However... It is a tale that basically makes the most of environmental storytelling and puzzles in the game. So in that sense, it reminds me a tiny bit more of Oxenfree because of location-based puzzles. But it is kind of like a mashup of all the good VNs and VN-style environment games that we've seen on the Switch shop so far. I'll come back to why in a point. So I won't tell, I won't spoil the story. It is a game by a Dutch indie developer, uh, which is pretty cool in itself. I love indie games and always want people to support indie developers, so please, please, please check it out. Essentially, you are a young girl who was pretty privileged, um, 
but you basically have your life turned upside down and have to deal with the realities of class struggle, um, crime, <laughs> and elements of the supernatural, and animals, and the pomorphic animals. So if that sounds interesting, then you'll probably like this. Um, it kind of reminds me of a children's book, The Art Style. I found that really, really interesting. I wouldn't say it's particularly... Um, what's the word? It's not at all gone for a realism style or the anime style that a lot of VNs adopt from. By anime style, I'm generalizing here and I'm meaning the shoujo anime style. It is not that at all. Um, it all looks beautifully hand-drawn and a lot of the environments that are in the game uh, are just great. Um, you also spend most of your time talking to other characters, which is also fine and expected in a VM. But instead of the usual focus, which has often been romance in the VNs that we've seen, not to mention that vampire yaoi VN that's coming to the Switch, this is entirely a story that is geared, I think, at a younger age group. Not that you want to enjoy it if you're an adult, but I think that it's got like this children's fable type feel to it, along with the use of the animals, and that really, really, really kind of, to me, feels like a game that is geared at a younger audience, which is fine. It's great. Um, you basically solve environmental puzzles, trek around the city, learn more about yourself and the lives of those that are way different from you, and basically have to solve the existential crisis slash plot point of the whole thing. Um, the game will give you multiple ways to solve a problem, um, but it's often hard to actually revisit certain locations without solving the puzzle in the right way with the right item. Um, I don't want to spoil it too much, um, but it is essentially based on keeping your eyes peeled, looking around you, and keeping your head screwed on, and remembering as well where certain things are, um, and, certain, and where certain things are in different locations as well. So memorizing locations is a, is a really, really big must in this game. The puzzles aren't super, super hard, but they are really reliant on you noticing things. Um, and it's not something that you can, I suppose... Not something that you will feel like you need to invest particular brain power in. Like, we're not talking puzzles like dialogue puzzles. These are all environmentally based. Find an item, put it somewhere, you know, um, find an item, use it on something, puzzles like that. So, not incredibly complex. However, it does have a very unusual setting. Um, it is has a really, really unusual aesthetic as well. And I really appreciate that it tells a story which can cater to multiple audiences and age groups. It is not a taxing game at all. Very, very charming. Um, and if you want a VN that is not focused on romance, not focused on anything that's incredibly adult or anything depressing, I would say that Nairi is lighthearted. Um, it's designed very, very well to work with the Switch's hardware. And it's adorable. You know, um, give it a shot. I recommend this game to people that have kids that um, may want to get into playing VNs or want to play a game that isn't a, a platformer um, that's colorful. This is a really, really, really great place to start. And I really, really enjoy that Home Bear has done this. So hats up to you, Nairi. OK, so we're just going to give you all uh, a quick line each about what we're playing over the coming week. Uh, for me, I'm going to continue with Pokemon Let's Go and Dark Souls in between. They're my two mains at the moment. 
up right up until Smash hits. I have feelers out for several games that I would like to be playing in the coming week. Um, top of the list is probably Ark Survival Evolved. Uh, the This War of Mine is out on the Switch now, but, but I don't know if I'm actually going to be playing any of them. I might come next week having played an older game that I already own because with Smash Brothers out next week and I'm getting the $150 Ultimate uh, Collector's Edition of Smash Brothers Ultimate, I... I don't really want to be spending any money right now, so <laughs> uh, uh, I'll come next week with something. I just don't know what yet. Thanks for listening to this episode of Switch Focus Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review on iTunes. It really helps us to get noticed. You can also listen and subscribe on Stitcher, TuneIn, and other podcast services. Be sure to join our Discord server to interact with the lively Switch Focus community. You can follow us on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, and at switchfocuspodcast.com for updates, news, and other content. Links are in the show notes. If you'd like to support the show directly, you can buy us a coffee. The details are on our website. Thanks in advance. If you want to follow us individually, Andy is at Flame Roast Toast on Twitter, Ginny is at Ginny Woes, and I am at Play Critically Streaming at twitch.tv slash Play Critically. Thanks for listening.